We've uh, are going to start kind of a, a new series today, as uh, we are going to look kind of like at the life of Abraham. Abraham, I apologize to you if if uh, I keep saying Abram Ham instead of Abram. Uh, just know I'm talking about the same guy. Uh, and you'll see how it all plays out and that God changes uh, his name. We, we are so easy to call him Abraham all the time um, because that's what we're familiar with. So, But in Genesis chapter 11, let me read for us Genesis chapter 11, uh, starting in verse, uh, chapter 11, verse 27 uh, through chapter 12, verse 5. Now these are the generations of Terah. Terah fathered Abram, Nahor, and Haran. And Haran fathered Lot. Haran died in the presence of his father Terah in the land of his kindred in the Ur of the Chaldeans. And Abram and Nahor took wives. The wife, of, the name of Abram's wife was Sarai. And the name of Nahor's wife, Milcah, the daughter of Haran, the father of Milcah and Ishkah. Now Sarah was barren. She had no children. Terah took Abram his son and Lot the, the son of Haran, his grandson, and Sarai his daughter-in-law, his son, Abram's wife, and they went forth together from Ur of the Chaldeans to go into the land of Canaan. But when they came to Haran, they settled there. And the days of Terah were uh, 205 years, and, and they're the same years that we have today. He was 205 years old, um, which is incredible when you think about that. Terah died in Haran. Now, uh, verse 1 of chapter 12. Now the Lord said to Abram, Go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that I will show you. And I will make of you a great nation. And I will bless you and make your name great, so that you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and, and him who dishonors you I will curse. And in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. So Abram went as the Lord had told him, and Lot went with him. Abram was 75 years old when he departed from Haran. And Abram took Sarai his wife, and Lot his brother's son, and all their possessions that they had gathered, and the people that they had acquired in Haran, and they set out to go to the land of Canaan. Now, a lot of us, uh, if we grew up in the Sunday school and, and learned uh, different stories of, of Abram or Abraham, uh, one of the things that will come immediately to mind is the, is the, the song, you know, Father Abraham. And I'm not going to have you do that with me uh, all. Um, but Father Abraham had many sons. And many sons had Father Abraham. I am one of them, so are you. And so then, of course, you go right arm, left arm, right leg, left leg, nod your head, turn around, sit down. And it's a, a fun kid song that we, uh, we teach. And a lot of times when we get to the New Testament time, and, and Jesus is talking a lot to the Pharisees and the Sadducees about Abraham, being sons of, of Abraham, the, 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 the gospel writers uh, like uh, Paul in, in Galatians talks a lot about Abraham. And in fact, Abraham is a kind of a, a central figure in, in all of the Bible. The nation of Israel points to Abraham as 
their founder as their father. And God comes to Abram. And in chapter, Genesis chapter 11. And he begins to work in Abram's life. He begins to lead in God. He gives these promises to Abram that in some sense, Abram is an old man at this time. I shouldn't say old because he was 75 years old and some of you are kind of in that 75 years too. So I just defended half the congregation with saying, <laughs> apologize for that. But, you imagine some of these promises that God comes, if you're around 75 years old, imagine this, God coming to you and saying, I want to make you a great nation. Move. Pack everything up. And go into a land that, that I am going to show you. And I'm going to give to you. And as we go throughout the life of Abram, you, you'll begin to see that in some ways what God is doing doesn't make any sense to him. And he struggles with that. But yet, as we've been talking about, I know that waiting is so difficult. Abram learned that he had to wait. And that God is true, no matter that his word is true. And we can trust in the promises that he gives to us. And so as we uh, dive in here, and again, there's the outline there in your bulletin, and there, uh, the passage of Scripture will be up on, on the screen uh, as well. But as we uh, begin in, in verse uh, 27 here, we see uh, kind of a new section starting. In fact, if you read through the entire uh, book of Genesis, you'll see this uh, phrase over and over again. The generations. The generations of uh, Adam, the generations of Noah, the generations of here Terah, the generations of, of Isaac, the generations of, of Jacob, and, and so forth. And, and really these are kind of signs, and, and it's the same uh, Hebrew word over and over again. Is, uh, you can divide the book of Genesis into the different sections, and this is just in uh, verse 27 here, we see this is a new section. That the, the writer is going to tell us about what happened to this guy named Terah and his descendants. And that's what the generations of Terah is referring to. And then he gets in and starts telling us about, and these are important people that will all kind of play out throughout the rest of the book of Genesis of these people. Terah fathered Abram, Nahor, and Haran. And Haran fathered Lot. And we see these people all throughout the rest of Genesis becoming, so that we kind of fit into place. Oh, these are descendants. These are uh, uh, family members of Abram, later become Abraham. But we also see at the end of verse 28 that they are located in the city of Ur of the Chaldeans. Now, where in the world is that? Now, I've uh, joked around with you many times over these past several years that I am a, a nerd. I like maps. Uh, you wonder why Lucas is the way he is. And, um, and knowing maps and streets, if you, that's why we joked around. He knew the streets when we first moved here. He knew the streets better than we did because we were like, oh, yeah, you turned by like Brother's Pizza or you turned by uh, Pizza King. And he's like, oh, yeah, that's uh, Pine Street or that's Hickory Street. And we're like, whoa, that's uh, incredible. We just ask him what street it is. So, but the maps are, are, are very important, especially in the book of Genesis. And so 
you see this map that the Ur of the Chaldeans is way down by the Persian Gulf. Way down by the Euphrates River, right by the Tigris River. And, and God has to, these promises that he is going to give to Abram, and, and go into the promised land, or the land of Canaan. God has to get him out of the Ur of the Chaldeans, and to come into the land of Canaan. So how does he do that? Well, he starts with his father, Terah. They start moving into uh, the land of Haran. And so Abram was living in the city of Ur initially. A pagan city, we know, that didn't know who God was. But Abram was living in that city of Ur. We also told some interesting things about, in verse 29, about kind of Abram's life at this point in time. Now, Abram, while he was there in the city of Ur, he, he took a wife. And of course, uh, his wife's name was Sarai at this time. And we'll see these name changes. Names are so important in the Bible that they mean something. And so Abram was married to Sarai, and there was a problem with Sarai. She was unable to have kids. Verse 30. Sarai was barren. She had no children. Now again, we know kind of what's going to happen the rest of the story in our minds, but this was a huge blow at that point in time. The, the mentality, especially in that point in time, in that culture, was this. Is that, that you, had, you desired to have, especially a male, male son, the firstborn. Because then they, they could pass on the, the name of, of the father. They could pass on the, 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 the inheritance uh, and so forth. And, and here was the problem. Abram married Sarai, and Sarai was barren was unable to have any children. And so right away, as we are introduced to this guy named Abram, we are begin to see how some of these things start to play out throughout the rest of the story. And so as I said, they were living in the city of Ur. Abram marries Sarai. Probably she, she, is, she can't have any kids. And so how do you get, how does God get Abram from Ur to the promised land or to the land of Canaan? By using his father Terah initially. And so the entire family, the entire family travels about 600 miles north to the city of Haran and lives there. And that's what we find in verse uh, 30, 31 there. Terah took Abram and his son and Lot and the son of Haran, his grandson and Sarai, his daughter-in-law, his son Abram's wife, and they went forth together from Ur of the Chaldeans to go into the land of Canaan. And so Terah's goal was to go to Canaan, but they dwell, they live in Haran. Now the question is, why did they stop? Because from Ur to Haran, they're 600 miles. Now for us, you think, man, that's, that's not that big deal. We jump in our car and drive 600 miles in, 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 a, in a couple, uh, maybe a day or two. They only walked or rode for 20 miles a day. That was the max. 
So to go from Ur to Haran was, was they traveled for at least a 30-day journey. So why in the world did they stop at Haran? Was because they've been traveling for a month. They stopped in this city and they needed the rest. And so that's kind of the introduction that God gives us. And then we flip the page to chapter 12, and here are these promises. And this is what we want to, we kind of want to zoom in and focus on. That's kind of all background uh, with all that. So Abram is up there in the city of Haran. His father passes away. He's there with with his, his other relatives uh, that, that came with him and, uh, and his father from, from Ur. He's married to a, a, a woman, uh, Sarai, who can't have any kids. But we know that he, as he is there in Haran, he becomes very wealthy. And we see that here in a, in a few moments. But all of a sudden in verse 1, in verse 1 of chapter 12, we see... God's command. And God says this to Abram, Go to the land that I will show you. See, God tells Abram to pack everything up and to move the land to the land that he was going to show them. You imagine that? I mean, he's... Uh, 75 years old, and he is a very wealthy man at this point in time. And we, we see that because of what happens here next and, and how he takes the, uh, his possessions and he takes the people that God uh, has, has allowed him, his servants and so forth. He, 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 God just comes and says, Abram, get up. Pack all your possessions. I'm going to show you a land. In fact, I'm going to show you a land where that I'm going to give you the descendants, your descendants, this land. Verse 2, I will make you a great nation. The problem, though, is this. Sarai can't have what? Kids. God's promising Abram at this time, listen, get up from Haran, take all your possessions, go to this land, this, this, this land that I'm going to show you, I'm going to give it to your descendants. And even Abram at this point in time is probably scratching his head thinking, okay, okay God, this, uh, we, how is this all going to play out? I'm married to a woman who is barren and has no children. How in the world are you going to make me a great nation? I will bless you and make your name great. You will be a blessing. God gives Abram these promises of making him into a great nation. Again, these promises that God gave to him. Again, verse 3, God continues to give these promises. I would bless those who bless you, and, and with him who dishonors you, I will curse. And in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. And again, Abram hears these, and he, in back of his mind, he's thinking, man, that's, that sounds so good, God, but how is that possible? How is that possible? But, verse 4 tells us this, that Abram went as the Lord had told him. He obeyed. 
Abram was 75 years old when he traveled about 350 miles south to the land of Canaan. 75 years old when God comes to him and says, pack everything up. Load everything on, on these animals, these camels. And Abram had camels, and the Bible tells us that. Modern day U-Haul, the, the ancient, ancient U-Haul there. Pack everything up you own. Put them on those camels and travel 350 miles south to the land of Canaan. If it took about 30 days to go the 600 miles, it would take about 17 days for Abram and his family and all his uh, possessions to travel from that northern city of Haran down to Canaan. And he did it all. Why? Because God said, get up. Get up and go. I'm going to make you a great nation. I'm going to make you a nation that when people bless you, I will bless them. If people curse you, I will curse them. I will make you that great nation. And so they set out to go to the, sorry, yep, they set out to go to the land of Canaan. Abram simply obeyed God. And why is that? Because he trusted in God. Abram simply obeyed God because he trusted in God. He knew who God was. Somewhere, even though you know he was out in, in, uh, in, in Ur of Chaldeans, he went up to Haran, somewhere he, was a, he understood who the Lord was, how, who the one true God was, that he, that he worshipped God. And when God came to him and said, listen, I want you to pack everything up, and I want you to travel to this unknown land that you've never been before, he says, okay, God, I'm game. Because he trusted in God. In fact, the writer of Hebrews, when we went through the, the uh, chapter, Hebrews chapter 11 uh, series a few years ago in, uh, in Sunday evening, uh, we saw this. That in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 8, it says, By faith, Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to a place that he was to receive as an inheritance. And he went out. Not knowing where he was going. You imagine that. God comes to you and says, listen, I want you to go get a U-Haul, pack up all your possessions, and just start driving. I will be your GPS. That is pretty much what situation Abram found himself in. But Abram obeyed. Because he, said he knew who God was, as the writer of Hebrews says here. He obeyed because his faith and his trust was in God. Abram simply obeyed God because he trusted God. And here is the question. We've been singing, you know, singing on these promises, reminding ourselves these promises that God has given us. Do we trust God and in his promises? That he has given to us. Do we trust God. 
Do we know who God is and the truth of God's word? And, and do, we, do we know that, that because of who God is, that what these promises that he has given to us, they're, they're true? Do we trust God? Do we trust his promises that he gives to us? Do we have this faith like Abram? To say, because of who I, I know who you are, God. Uh, you, you, you've given me these promises, and so therefore I'm going to obey you. It doesn't make any sense to me. I, I don't know where you're taking me. I, I have a lot of questions and I have a lot of doubts. How this is all going to play out. And we see Abram asking those questions and having those doubts coming out. But Abram knew God and trusted in God and said, in spite of all those things, I'm going to obey you. Do we have that type of trust in God? Do we have that type of faith in God, as Hebrews says? That by faith or in faith, Abram heard these promises, what God wanted him to do. And Abram said, here we go, God. I'm going to obey you. I'm going to obey you, regardless of what the circumstances may look like, regardless of my doubts, regardless of all this other questions that I have, I am going to obey you. God gives us these promises in his word. And because of who God is, and that's what faith is. Faith isn't just a blind leap of faith thing. oh man, I hope God catches me. But our faith is grounded in the character of who God is. And it's because of who God is that we can say, God, you said it, and I believe it. And I'm going to walk in obedience to you. Do we trust God and in his promises? Especially nowadays. We, with everything happening in our, in our world, with everything happening in our nation, and a lot of questions and a lot of wondering, God is asking us that. Do you trust me? Do you trust me? Walk in obedience to me. Regardless of what that circumstance, regardless of what's going to happen, do you trust me? And I hope you can say with assurance, without a shadow of doubt, God, I know who you are. You are that faithful, loving God. You are that good shepherd that walks with us. You are that, that loving Heavenly Father that cares about us more than we can ever imagine. And I can trust. I can trust in these promises that you give to us in your word.